You're listening to the Housing Innovation Alliance podcast in partnership with the University of Denver's Franklin L. Burns School of Real Estate and Construction Management. The Housing Innovation Alliance is a nationwide community of game changers, driving the future of home delivery through crowd-accelerated innovation. We represent thought leaders from dirt to dweller with a focus on the production builder's business environment. Hi, I'm Betsy Scott with the Housing Innovation Alliance, and I'm here today with Steve Glenn. He's the founder and CEO of Plant Prefab. For a modular builder, you have a unique origin story. Um, Having started as a design studio, can you tell us how you got into the building business and how the precursor to Plant Prefab Living Homes uh, came to be? My first love growing up was architecture. I had Legos and and books on Frank Lloyd Wright and case study architects, and I I wanted to be an architect. I got to college and I got involved in technology, which was kind of career 1.0 for for me. Co-founded company, sold to Apple, worked for Apple, was at Walt Disney Imagineering, was part of the founding team of Idealab, started one of our companies. um, So had a career in tech. After all that, I finally decided that the time was right to get into real estate. So going back to college, I had done a design program one summer and I, I discovered there that I really had neither the talent nor temperament to be an architect. But I learned about Jim Rouse and he really became my first role model. Uh, by example, I never met him. Um, Rouse was a really important visionary developer who did a lot of important stuff. What he helped me to appreciate is um, if you actually care about the quality of the built environment, developers are more important than architects because they they hire architects or not, and they let them do interesting things. The other thing is um, he was the first social entrepreneur I was ever exposed to. Now, I went to college in the mid to late 80s. Social entrepreneurism wasn't yet a term. I, like Rouse, was um, uh, wanted to try to help create a better society through my work. I recognize that uh, people who worked in nonprofits and teachers and healthcare workers, those folks did that every day by virtue of the work they did. But I was drawn to commerce and and Rouse was the first guy that helped me to appreciate that there are businesses that wed profit and purpose. So I was like, I want to do that someday. So after career 1.0 in tech, as I mentioned, I started thinking about real estate. There was a large and growing number of people who Um, like me, really value design, health, and sustainability. Our strategy, we'll get great world-class architects. We will integrate an extremely comprehensive environmental program, LEED Platinum, and our first home is the first home ever certified LEED Platinum, first home we designed. We've done more than almost any other design firm. We'll use outsourced prefabrication to more efficiently build what we build. Five years ago, when I was really trying to figure out um, solving this supply chain issue, what I realized or concluded was if there was a company, factory company, set up not to do standard, low-quality, non-sustainable homes, that's the existing guys, but rather custom, high-quality, very sustainable homes, if that factory existed and it was set up the right way, not only would it solve our needs, but much more important from a business model standpoint, if we organized it right, 
we could solve the needs of hundreds of thousands of individuals and, and small developers and, and affordable housing nonprofits who are building in cities and who need a more efficient way to build. Now it's custom stuff, so you gotta figure out how to do custom more efficiently, which sounds like an oxymoron, but we can talk about that later. But so that's, <laughs> so, so what we realized is, wow, this opportunity is way bigger than living homes. So we right. sort of grew the company into plant prefab um, uh, five years ago. And, um, and, and, it's, and, and what was living homes is now our design studio. Um, uh, and we have standardized homes we call living homes, but frankly, most of the homes we're building are for other architects. So in essence, you kind of became the big kid version of your little self. Um, in mass customization, it's like taking out that big box of Lego blocks right. and there's, you know, different sizes. You're just, there, totally. there are unlimited possibilities of how you can configure them if you're looking at things that are designed to be connected. So, um, so that's kind of a, that's kind of a fun way to get back to your childhood roots. <laughs> yes. Now to, to both continue the metaphor um, uh, and also kind of explain a little bit about what's unique to us. We started as an all mod designer and, and, um, but we, we came to appreciate that. And, and, and the industry, as you know, the prefab industry, there are two major building systems, modules and panels, and people do one or the other. Um, uh, but both offer certain advantages. Um, modules are great because you can build off-site and parallel to your site work, so it can be quicker. It can be lower cost, depending upon what you're doing, where. Um, certainly no weather delays. It can, can be leveraging full-time staff instead of subs, so it can be a little bit more dependable. Those are all great advantages. The downside, particularly for the multifamily guys, is that there is a lot of redundant structure, and so it can be solving for height and and width it can make it more difficult um uh it's just hard to solve certain design problems with those big lego pieces and then the second issue is it's expensive to ship air and modules have a lot of air um you know 15 to 20 dollars per mod per mile it does not scale elegantly um in, in in contrast panels you know they 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 ship flat um, so great for transportation because there's smaller components, you can solve design challenges uh, more elegantly many times, but the existing, um, uh, kind of panel technology, um, a SIP, um, structural insulated panel, you're, you're, you're basically getting your, your framing and your, your, uh, insulation, but you still have to do electrical and plumbing and your 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 cladding and your your drywall and and if it's a kitchen or bath your millwork and your tiles and your appliances so now I've lost a lot of my parallel construction advantages that I get mods my lower cost labor my construction delays from weather all that st stuff is is gone so we said well probably a better solution is a hybrid approach number one number two let's design a better panel. And we did that. We call it a plant panel. We, we have an issued patent. We're, we're, we're building with automation. So now we get great flexibility because, again, we're in the custom business, so we care about flexibility. Um, but we also care about efficiency. So we can build with automation. That's a cost issue. We've got greater design flexibility. Um, we can do 
all, we, we have our first all panel solution and, and why just because of transportation access, other uh, site issues, it just that's the better way of doing it. We still do all mods, but most of what we're doing are hybrid where, where we've got mods for kitchens, baths, utility cores, in other words, the expensive parts of the house it is a key enabling technology that allows us to do the custom architecture projects we do more efficient than, than the site guys and, and frankly, most other prefabricators. You mentioned lead for homes and that you did the first lead for homes platinum um, certified house. Why did you choose lead? Uh, it, it is the only national green building certification program, period. Um, there's some other regional programs, but nobody has the reach, the reputation, um, the infrastructure of, of lead. Like no one even comes close. So th that was easy. But maybe higher level, like why is this important? I think consumers have shown time and time again that if you are a, a company making anything in any space where you make sustainability or health claims, they're going to trust more an objective third party um, organization, ideally nonprofit, that 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 examines what you're doing, particularly vis-a-vis -vis others, and certifies you or rates you. Um, so the organic food industry really didn't take off until there was the organic certification. So too with sustainable wood, with, with Forest Stewardship Council certification, um, LEED has done that for for buildings. Homes is just mm -hmm. one of many programs. Right. So we, um, uh, for us, this isn't this is core DNA. It's not greenwashing. Like we're mm -hmm. building for ourselves. We care about this stuff. So we a wanted an objective third party measure of what we're doing vis-a-vis -vis others because many people were making claims back in the day and still are. And so, all right, good. Have someone look 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 at that because um, we knew there were a bunch of consumers who care about that. That's part A. Um, part B was. Um, uh, we, um, we, we want to be held accountable. Right. So you just weren't relying on the point system. It was your way, your way of setting the bar and holding yourselves accountable exactly. um, to your own, to your own set of standards. So we're hearing from builders and developers and consumer research that health has become a more marketable value proposition than energy efficiency. And in many cases, sustainability. From reading about your 6Z zero emissions um, seems to be the benchmark, and I think you just mentioned in terms of indoor air quality and things that you're looking at um, to drive performance in that area. Can you tell us more about what you're focused on um, and why from a healthy home perspective? In, in indoor air quality is, is our big focus. Um, uh, health issues for homes. First of all, it's... it's frankly, the only one that has like really good science and a lot of science, you know, some areas are, are more thoroughly researched and peer reviews than others and none, none by far better than indoor air quality. That's been our major focus. So I read something about a collaboration that you have with the LA architectural firm Brooks and Scarpa mm -hmm. on a project for LA County Housing Innovation Challenge. And there was some mention of that being attainable and some unique stackable 
um, systems from an architectural perspective that seemed really interesting, um, both in its implications, you know, construction and structurally, and then also on the attainable housing side. So can you share a little bit more about that project? Sure, yeah. So we raised, um, uh, raised. we were granted a million dollars from LA County um, as part of a competition that we, we, we were one of the winners. Um, uh, for innovative affordable housing solutions, and we developed a, a um, affordable housing system with Brooks and Scarpa. And the first project will be um, here in Santa Monica. That's where the design studio is based with uh, uh, Community Corp, um, which is a, a, a great affordable housing nonprofit um, in Santa Monica. Most of our listeners know the quali- know that quality, consistency, and speed-related arguments for building homes in a factory. So you've you've mentioned attainable or affordable housing. What are some of the sources from of benefits from a cost perspective? Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, we we we're doing a bunch of work in Northern California. It's the most expensive place to build in the country right now. It's just crazy expensive. So are we saving money? Yes, we are saving people money. Um, and we've had people bid out site versus us. And, and, and the economics are, yeah, I mean, we pay people a great living wage in Rialto, California. You can buy a new home there in the 300,000s new home. In Northern California, um, in a place like San Jose, the average home is a million dollars. And so people get paid three times that. And even then they can't afford housing. So, um, so again, it always, this whole issue of cost is, well, what are you doing where? Finally, um, you are a serial entrepreneur <laughs> and innovator. You know, you've been, you've worn lots of hats and done lots of interesting things, always looking to create a new and better mousetrap. Um, so what are your current priorities for growth and innovation within plant prefab? Well, we, we, we're, um, we've been very fortunate, um, considering an essential business. We've been open the whole time. We were never shut down. And um, we um, currently have more demand than we have for our services, than we have current ability to build. So our big priority is our next facility. And um, we've got a bunch of RFPs out to different sites um, uh, to, 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 um, uh, hopefully find um, the right one so that we can get our factory 2.0 up and running. Well, good luck on that front and uh, and we'll we'll stay in touch. On behalf of the Housing Innovation Alliance and the University of Denver, this is Dr. Eric Holt. Thank you for being part of our journey. This is where innovation calls home.